Today I'm speaking on a forgiving heart. And so you don't have a choice but to forgive me if I offended you in any way, all right? So uh, that's the way this thing works. All right, I'm covered. And just in case you slipped in late last week and you're a veteran and you didn't hear our acknowledgement of you, uh, you got to forgive me too, all right? So forgive us. And next year, it's on Wednesday, uh, November the 11th, so we already got you covered, all right? So anyway, we love and appreciate those uh, veterans that are here. We just love our military and, and uh, their service to their country, amen? All right, well, today I'm talking about a forgiving heart, a forgiving heart. Oh, I love this scripture, but it's a powerful scripture. It's a challenging scripture. It's a scripture that, I mean, turned the people that heard it inside out because it was so different what Christ taught than what they had ever heard before. And so it is still today. Christ, what he taught us, is so against the normal in our society that it seems a, a, a bit out of character almost. But when the disciples came to Christ and they said, would you teach us to pray? He gave them what we call the model prayer or the Lord's prayer. And then at the end of this prayer, the only commentary that he gave on the Lord's prayer was listed in, in Matthew chapter six, verse 14 and 15. Why don't we read it? And it says, Christ says this, for if, if, you'll see if throughout the New Testament, and it's conditional. The promises of God are conditional. And so he says, if, look at it, for if you forgive men their trespasses, their wrongdoing against you, they have injured you. For if you will forgive them, that of that injury to you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And then he goes on to elaborate on that same principle. But if you, but if you do not, but if you do not forgive men their trespasses, when they have done you wrong, when they have hurt you, when they have slighted you, when they have stole from you, when if you do not forgive them, neither, oh, oh, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. How many of you want and need God's forgiveness? How many of you want and needs God's forgiveness? Well, some of you didn't raise your hand. I don't know what your problem is, all right? So anyway. I know you mean well, I know you want it, and so you want God's forgiveness, and so you have got to forgive if you want God's forgiveness. You want, you give. You want, you give. You want forgiveness, you gotta give forgiveness. You want forgiveness, you gotta give forgiveness. These are the words of Christ, and this principle operates in our life. So if we choose, and I have heard people say this, uh, well, I'm just not ready to forgive them. What? what? Uh, excuse me? You are what? Not ready to forgive them? And why would that be? 
Well, because I don't, I, I'm just not ready. I, I don't feel any, any love or any forgiveness. It is not a feeling. Look what I've got. Forgiveness or forgiving one another is not a feeling. It's an act of your will, an act we choose. Jesus knew that unforgiveness is Satan's open door to invade and destroy your life. Oh my goodness. Right after the first service, uh, one of the wonderful ladies in our church walked up to me and she said, Pastor, I've just got to tell you this. She said, uh, I usually eat lunch at my desk at work, but this week, I, I felt led to go to the cafeteria and I walked in there and there was a man just ranting, angry, all upset. And I went to him and asked him what was going on. And he said, some guy, I, he knew who he was. He stole me from me. He robbed me. And he said, I've got a gun and I'm going to kill him. Whoa. I don't think forgiveness was in the picture at that point, all right? So forgive me for shooting you, all right? So anyway, no, this was horrible. This man was serious. Here she is, sent by God to intervene in somebody's life, filled with hatred, filled with anger, filled with unforgiveness. And she said to him, you cannot do that. You can't do it because he will win. He'll take away your freedom. Either you're going to die or you'll go to jail. They are not worth it. You've got to forgive them. And so this man who's in a rage and full of anger, at the end, she says he starts crying. And God began to touch his heart. This man may already be in jail or already dead if somebody hadn't gone and said, you need to, to let this go and not to hold this against him and not kill him. All right, so anyway, let me read this scripture again. For if you, Sally, Sue, Jennifer, Bill, for if you forgive, Carlos, all right, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. End of deal. You forgive, you're, you're going to be forgiven. But if you do not forgive men of their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Wow. And Satan gets a foothold. And that unforgiveness grows into bitterness. And that bitterness clouds our thinking, our judgment. And all of a sudden, we are not walking where we should be with God. The next thing we know, we're depressed. Uh, and we don't even know why. And now we're taking medication for the depression. I'm not saying all depression is a result of unforgiveness, but I'll tell you, there's a lot of depression, a result of unforgiveness. So you're going to get it out today. You're going to be set free today. You're going to forgive somebody that you weren't ready to forgive, but you're going to do it anyway because you want forgiveness. Well, a person with an unforgiving heart is a person that thinks, starts to think that the person who injured them, did them wrong, that they are better than that person. And when you start thinking you're better than somebody, 
pride starts seeping into the heart. Uh, and all of a sudden, now you got pride. So that pride causes you to feel like that God should bless you because you are better than them because they did something to you. And so pride says, you're better, so God should bless me more than them. Well, and that is self-righteousness. And self-righteousness has nothing to do with the righteousness of God. Well, there may be some sitting here, you need to forgive somebody. You need to go to somebody. Now, if it was somebody that did you terrible, that abused you or, or sexually abused you sometime in the past, I'm not saying to go to them. I'm saying you forgive them in your heart. Uh, you, you release them and you say, but pastor, what they did was terrible. I know and God knows, but God will bring healing to your heart. Uh, and you're saying, well, if I forgive him, I'm letting him go. No, no, God's still dealing with him. You love him as far as uh, a, a human being. You pray for that person. You, uh, you respond as Christ would want you to respond, but you're not going to let that person hold uh, your feet in chains any longer. Say amen. All right. So the truth of the matter is we could come up with all kinds of excuses for not forgiving somebody. I'm not ready. They're not worthy. They didn't ask me to forgive them. No, you forgive people that haven't even asked you to forgive them. Uh, there may be somebody that's already dead and gone. You just go to God and say, God, I, Lord, before you, I, I forgive that person. I know they are already gone, but God, I forgive them. I don't want anything in here, Lord, that's going to be a residue of what they did to me, uh, anything in my life that's going to hinder my walk with you. So we just get it all out. We don't come up with excuses. Well, we could all come up with excuses. And the truth of the matter is, from childhood, because of the fallen nature, we were all pretty good at making excuses for what we did when we thought we were going to get in trouble, when we thought something was going to make us look bad. We came up with an excuse. Uh, some time ago, I found these, and I've always loved them. These are actual excuses written to an insurance company after the people had a car wreck, all right? So they said, write down what happened. Here is what they put down. This person writes, I thought my window was down, but I found out it was up when I put my head through it. All right, so <laughs> this one, the pedestrian had no idea which direction to run. So I ran over him. All right, so <laughs> this one, so typical. The telephone pole was approaching fast. I was attempting to swerve out of its way when it struck the front end of my car. And for those of you with, well, I'll just read it. I pulled away from the side of the road, glanced at my mother-in-law, and headed over the embankment. All right, so there you go. Uh, some of you like that one a little too much, okay? And uh, 
You need to ask God to forgive you. Okay. David. Many people have said, why was David a man after God's own heart? Well, David was a man whose heart was filled with forgiveness. David, you know the story. After he killed Goliath, Saul became uh, jealous of him, angry with him. The people sang David's praises more than they did Saul. And uh, as a result of that, Saul became very angry toward David and one day was sending troops to take his life. David found out about it, fled from the scene, escaped to the wilderness, and there he was for several years running. You thought you had in-law problems. David, his father-in-law was out to kill him. And so he's hiding out in the wilderness and the father-in-law Saul is sending troops repeatedly out to try to get him and kill him. But David escapes every time because David is a seeker after God. He has a heart after God. Well, a couple of times, David and his men could have killed Saul. One time he was in a cave. One of them took and cut a little bit from his cloak. And David later felt so bad even about doing that to a man that's trying to kill him. But David had a forgiving heart. And this went on for a long time. And David was away from his wife. He was away from his family. He was away from the tabernacle. It was a difficult time. And finally, he gets word. Saul is dead. You would think that at least he would raise his hand and say, God, I thank you. No, he did not thank God for his death. No, he grieved over Saul. Listen to me. When you have a heart after God, you don't act like this world acts. You don't respond like this world responds. You don't look and say, boy, they got what they deserve. No, we don't respond in the same way. And David grieved over Saul. And then he even sang praises to Saul. He had a heart after God. He had already forgiven him. It was not a matter of getting working through the feelings of, of being chased all that time. No, he loved this man and he grieved over the potential that was lost. So you and I, oh, you and I help us God to respond in the same way. When someone has done us wrong and then we find out some tragedy has happened, well, they got what they deserve. No, we don't respond that way. We pray for them. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's somebody, let me translate it this way. Maybe it's your boss that's given you a hard time. They mistreated you, haven't given you the raises you felt like you deserved. Uh, they were just a mean boss. And one day you come into work and there's talk going on and you find out your boss has been fired and you have a happy party. No, no, Christians don't act that way. Now, I know initially you're going to be tempted to be like, thank you, Lord, and uh, sing a song of praise unto God. He's out the door and uh, I am free. No, you don't do that. No, at that moment, here's a person 
that we don't know what's going to happen to them. The Christian has compassion toward them. Maybe at that moment, God wants to use you to reach out to that person that mistreated you or that coworker. No, you're going to minister to them if the door opens at all. We're not going to rejoice over someone else's tragedy. No, even if they've done us wrong. See, um, years ago, um, I've become a little more spiritual in some areas since then, but years ago, there was someone that did something, uh, really not to me personally, but really just to the church. And I thought to myself, um, boy, oh boy, I'd hate to be in their shoes. Huh. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. That was a favorite verse of mine back then. And so you do me wrong. Oh, I'm not going to do anything back, but God is going to get you. <laughs> yes. I'm not going to do anything, but God is going to get you. Because the scripture says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And I kept waiting for God to get him. And I'm like, finally, I'm like, wait a minute. Woohoo, God, you haven't got him. And furthermore, it looks like they're being blessed. <laughs> this is not the way it's supposed to go. Listen, because vengeance does belong to God, that means we're to pray for that person, that God have mercy on them, that God turn and uh, help them become what they need to be, and we help in the process. No, get rid of that as your favorite verse. It may be true, but that's a, that is the scripture that urges us to pray for the one that has done wrong. Well, you understand God has come to turn the tables upside down to change everything. David, a man after God's own heart. Let me read this. It's a statement that I believe can alter your life if you will let it. We are responsible for handling all of life's problems God's way, according to his word. Whatever you have faced in the past, the business partner ripped you off. Your sister brother stole your inheritance. Someone broke into your home and robbed you blind of things that were precious to you. Others have done you wrong. Life is filled with those kinds of things. But you and I are not going to let those things control our lives. No, we're going to control them by turning to God and saying, God, I'm going to respond like you want me to respond. I am not going to respond like I would have before I got saved. Uh, Lord, no, I'm going to love them, pray for them, bless them, do them good if I can. And Lord, that's what you want me to do. No, we don't cry out vengeance? Absolutely, positively not. But there may be people sitting right here. Someone did you wrong, of course. It was terrible, of course. But they've still got a hold on your life if you haven't forgiven them. And I've said it many times, you keep them literally inside in a cage. And every time their name is mentioned or you think about them, you take them out. You smack them around. 
You talk about him. You, you. Sometimes you do it privately. Sometimes you do it in a crowd and you're really like that. And then you take them, stick them back in here. Let me tell you, what's happening is inside you're deteriorating. It's affecting you. Listen, take them out, open the cage and say, you're not gonna hold me anymore. Go, I forgive you in Jesus' name. I'm forgiving you. I'm never gonna do what I used to do. There you go. Jesus, bless them. Bless them. Lord, you know that's hard to do, don't you? <laughs> yes, he knows all about it. He said, forgive them, those that just crucified him. Yes, he knows. All right, so bless them, Lord. Bless them. Lord, I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to pray for them. Yeah, let's pray for them. And that way, all of a sudden, we realize something's happening inside, don't we? Those of you at Redbug. Don't we, those of you at Michigan, don't we? All of a sudden, you realize something's happening inside. There's a cleansing taking place. There's a healing taking place. All of a sudden, there's peace in your heart. All of a sudden, you're feeling spiritually vibrant in your life. And as a result of that, thank God, things are happening spiritually, and you're reaching out. Well... Let me move on quickly here. Let me give you a, a verse. It's in Matthew chapter 18, 15. Maybe they've got it on the screen. There we go. Um, Matthew 18 and 15, and it says this. Let me just read it. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Wow. This is gonna happen throughout your life, so we better get it down, okay? Jesus is telling us, if your brother sins against you, he offends you, he hurts you, he does you wrong, uh, go to him and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And you go in love, and you go in humility. Don't dare go without those two things. You go in love and you go in humility. And you're asking God to help me, God. And you go to him and say, brother, I need to talk to you. Sister, I, I need to talk to you. See, if Pastor Jim talked bad about me, and first of all, that would never happen. Not that he couldn't find something bad, but because he wouldn't do it. He works here. He'd be gone. And so, no, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm absolutely kidding. No. Absolutely. He, he's so wonderful. Tomorrow's his birthday. And uh, so, that's why... This is my birthday present to him. So anyway, uh, so if he were to say something bad and, and I go over here to someone and say, you won't believe what Pastor Jim said about me. Now listen, don't, just pray about it. Pray about it, but don't, don't say anything to anybody else. And they said, okay. Uh, and so that person then goes over here and says, listen, you won't believe what Pastor Jim did to Pastor Carl, but... It's, don't tell anybody, okay? We don't need this to get out, so just keep it between you and I. Okay, I, I, I'll do that. And so then we're, we, we go to somebody else and we say, look, you won't believe what happened, but I want you to pray about it, but keep it between us, okay? And so in the meantime, this person is gone, this person is gone, and every person I've told is gone. 
We're not all perfect, are we? And so then Pastor Jim comes and he says, Pastor Carl, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I forgive you. Go and sin no more. And so, <laughs> and as a result of that, I'm like, oh no, I told so-and-so. Now I got to go tell him, oh, it's a, I only told three people. I'll go to all three of them and say, hey, Pastor Jim and I are doing really good. I forgave him. And, and they're like, I'm like, you didn't tell anybody, did you? Uh, well, I told one. I'll go tell him. And the next thing you know, we're chasing down people to try to tell them, hey, it's okay over here, but we miss somebody. Somebody made a phone call to somebody in Pennsylvania who knows us. And so... Somebody forgot to get to them, and now they're mad at Pastor Jim. I can't believe he talked to Pastor Carl like that. I can't believe he did that. He should fire him. And he's still raging in Pennsylvania because he doesn't know what's happened. That's why Jesus is saying, go to him alone. It did not say, go to your friends, go to everybody else, go to everybody that's on your side, and tell them, no. That's why it's in here. Jesus really knows what he's doing. He knows how to get us through life and help us to be whole and to help us be in right relationship with other people. Well, vengeance may be the Lord's, but that's cause for us to pray for those people. Stephen had a forgiving heart. He was dying, being stoned to death, and he prayed as he looked up toward heaven. Lord, lay this sin, lay not this sin in their charge or on their charge. Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. In other words, God, Father, forgive them for what they're doing to me. They're killing me, God, but forgive them. Standing there that day was Saul, who was later named and went by Paul, the apostle. Hearing the words escape from the man's mouth, no doubt God using those words to start moving his heart. A man that was killing and persecuting or became that in the kingdom until he accepted Christ. Jesus is always our supreme example. When he was crucified, he being nailed to the cross, hanging there. Some of his last words were, Father, forgive all of these. But I believe he was also looking beyond Calvary's hill. He was looking all the way into 2019 at people sitting in a church. He was looking at them saying, Father, forgive them. Forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. Maybe you're sitting in this building and you're sitting here as a result of coming with someone, being here. Not sure why you believe in Jesus and God in your mind. Jesus is God. You believe in your mind, but you don't have a heart relationship. And yet the Father in heaven loves you. Jesus is praying for you to come to him. Forgiveness, such an essential ingredient for our lives. And let me say to you, maybe today after service, maybe you're gonna make your way to someone. 
I'm, you have to be careful in certain situations, I understand, but if there's someone, like a lady walked out and she says, Pastor, I'm going to see my sister. I don't know who you need to go see or call, but when you call them, do not say. Listen, um, Pastor preached on forgiveness today. Um, so um, if I did anything wrong to hurt you, I'm sorry. Don't even call them. Don't even go see them if that's what you're going to say. Don't go over there and say, listen, I want you to forgive me, but you know you had a part of it too. Um, um, kind of mostly your fault, actually, but I'm going to take a little bit of the responsibility. No, don't even go. But do go after you pray and say, look, I love you. I want to ask you to forgive me. I've done some things. I've said some things. I've hurt you. Please forgive me. Hopefully they will. Most times they will. Sometimes they're like, they're not ready to forgive you. And maybe they walk away, but your attitude is, God, I, I've done this, and I was sincere. And Lord, I'm going to pray, 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 pray that that person reach the place where they can say, I'm ready. I'm ready to forgive. Yes, forgiveness is such an incredibly powerful thing. It releases people. And so those of you at the camp, other campuses, you're going to feel that as you respond to the word. And God help us to live in such a way that we understand, hey, we want forgiveness, we got to give forgiveness. We want forgiveness, we got to give forgiveness. We don't want anything. So go on a search and destroy mission. Search out anything and anybody, any situation you have and make it right. Make it right. And go to them. Go to them. One last story, I'll close with this one. Alice and I walked into a pretty nice restaurant some time ago and and it was a little noisy. It was, I think, on our day off. And so um, I walked in, and there was a sharp-looking young man, but he was acting like he didn't like his job, didn't like us. And he said something to us and walked away, but I didn't understand him. And he walked away, and he walked toward the bar, and he turns around like... <laughs> I'm like, I'm some kind of... I, I don't know. But at that moment, as a man, I was like... It was my day off. I, you know, I could, you know, you can do that on your day off when you're. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm so. And so I, I, I walk up there, and he goes on, and, and I still don't know where he's taking us. And he turns around again. He's like, <laughs> and I started to say to Alice, Alice, come on, we're leaving this place. I'll show him. I'll shut this restaurant down. I'll. <laughs> I'll tell you, God will get them. <laughs> and I went on to my seat. I was, I was upset. Alice helped calm me down. And, uh, and then the more I thought about it, then you start thinking, oh, God, help me, Jesus. 
And then Holy Spirit starts guiding you, speaking to you. And, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I want that guy to succeed in life. And so I'm, Alice, I'm, I'm planning to go talk to him. I could have called his manager. Can I see the manager, please? Your guy. No. He's the one that did it. I'm going to go to him. Now, I haven't always done this right either, all right? I know what you're thinking. You haven't either. But <laughs> afterwards, afterwards, I walk by, and Alice doesn't know I'm going to do it. She walks out the door. Um, she's like, I don't even want to see this. I don't know what he's going to say. <laughs> and so I said to him, I said, uh, can I speak to you just a moment? I said, listen, you probably don't realize it, but here's the way you were coming across. Um, and I didn't know if he was going to say, well, big deal or what, because he did have an attitude. And so then he did something amazing. He just kind of melted and he said, I'm so sorry. I, I am so sorry. There are others that have told me that too. And I'm like, yeah, I bet they have. But uh, anyway, um, but I'm like, you look like somebody that can succeed in, you, sh you should succeed in life and you don't want this to hinder you. And he just apologized and I walked away thinking, boy, this, this works. This works when you go in love, not anger, but when you go in love and you go in care and you go in compassion, it works. And so God help us all. Whether you need, maybe you're even, need, maybe you need to forgive yourself. Maybe you need to forgive God. Maybe you're mad at God. Maybe you need to forgive your ex, your present husband or wife, um, a child that's a parent. Listen, let's get this stuff out of our life. Let's get it out. We want forgiveness, let's give it, amen? Bow your heads with us, please, all over the building. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask you to touch every heart in this building. God Almighty, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we know and we believe that there are people sitting right here that, that have been touched by your Spirit. And Lord, you're calling them, you're drawing them, your Spirit is speaking to them right now about their need of Christ, God. Or there may be someone sitting right here in this service contemplating ending their life. They don't see a way out. God, I come against that spirit that would lie to them and try to persuade them. We bind it from them in the name of Jesus. And Lord, for those that are, may be bound, God, deliver them today. In Jesus' name, across this building while heads are bowed, Christians, you're praying. If you need Christ, I know you believe in God in your mind, but I'm talking about a relationship. I'm talking about accepting him and following him, giving him your life. So if that's you, and there are several in this building, if that's you, why don't you lift your hand right now? While heads are bowed and people are praying for you, lift your hand right now. Do it. Lift it up. Yes. Others, quickly. Just lift that hand. God bless you, sir. Others. God's dealing with your heart right now. In the risers, lift your hand. You need Christ. You need to get right with God. God bless you. Others. 
Anyone else? Others? Others? You're sitting here and God's speaking to you. Most of all, if you're not right with him, most of, important of all, even before going to someone and asking forgiveness is asking his forgiveness. Anyone else? Lift your hand high. Do it now. God bless you, sir. Stand with us, please, all over the building. And thank you so very much for hearing my heart earlier in the service and, and, um, and not moving at this time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But right now, there are people that are going to move toward this altar. Pastor John is going to lead us in this chorus. And when he does, I want to challenge you. If you raised your hand, even if you didn't, I want to challenge you. Slip into that aisle. People will let you out. This is the most important decision you will make ever in your life to say yes to God. So as he leads us, and listen, you're here, you're a believer, but there's some unforgiveness in your heart, or there's some things you need to, God to help you with, or whether it's a physical need, whatever. God's a God of miracles. So you step out and come. Let's pray together before you leave this building. Lead us, Pastor John. Overflow in this place. Fill our hearts with your love. Your love surrounds us. Yes. You raise your hand. Step out and come. Don't put it off. Don't wait another day. Come. Let's get right with God. Let's pray. Jesus, my God and my Lord, my God and my Lord. Oh, God, my Lord, have mercy, oh God. Have mercy, oh God. Have mercy, God. Have mercy, God. Touch their hearts, oh God. Touch their hearts. Touch their lives, oh God. There are others that need to be at this altar. Yes, God bless you, sir. Yes, step out and come. My God, my God. Maybe there's something else you need prayer. There's people that know how to pray for healing down here. Step out and come if that's your need, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord. Oh God, my Lord, my God, my God and my Lord. Jesus Christ, my Lord. Slip your hand in this direction, pray with us. And let me say, these altars are still open. You can still feel free to come even after this closing prayer. God bless you. Have an incredible rest of the week. Pray, Pastor John. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for touching these hearts that have come to this altar, Lord God, and touching the hearts of those that are reaching out to you over our broadcast, all over our campuses, God, and even throughout the sanctuary. God, we know that you're moving now, and we pray, Lord God, that you would meet every single need according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. We pray, God, that you would save and deliver, Lord God. We pray that you would touch families, turn situations and issues around, God, bring peace in the midst of situations and, and joy, Lord God, in the midst of sorrow. We just pray. God that your Holy Spirit would comfort where comfort is needed that God you would do the impossible all over this room and I pray in Jesus name that as we leave this place that God we wouldn't leave your presence but go with us help us lead us guide us Lord God help us to walk out the word that you've spoken to us today Lord and to walk in your victory each and every day and we promise God that we'll continue to give you the glory all the honor and all the praise as you deserve it we love you and we walk out of here blessed by you 
In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you, church. Have a wonderful week in the Lord. If you're a first-time guest with us, we want you to know that the reception is right outside these doors to our left in our guest welcome center. Otherwise, God bless you all, and we hope to see you again very soon.